This is 15 Minutes to Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today's episode is an interview with the author of I Call Bullshit, one of my favorite books, Josh Miller. Cool. Josh, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me, man. Man, it's, it's my pleasure. So we've had this opportunity to, to chat for, I don't even know how long, it feels like five minutes, but it's probably <laughs> 30 minutes prior to this episode yeah. of just all the crazy great things and your view on the world and, and what you offer the marketplace. And as I've shared with, with you guys, I think Josh's book is one of the quintessential books for, and I don't want to call it personal development because I think that waters it down, but just if you're looking to become a better version of yourself and get some real practical application tips, I Call Bullshit by Josh is just one of those books. I think I breeze through it in two or three days. Like it's, it's impactful. It's meaningful. And I'm not saying because you're in front of me and this is a review I did on the book. Yeah. Uh, two or three weeks ago, like this is, this is real stuff. So Josh, if you wouldn't mind taking just a minute and share about yourself and the story for those of you that are listening that don't know Josh, I want to make sure that you can really see the genuine phenomenal person he is. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, you know, look, my story, I don't think it's that unique. I think a lot of people have very interesting stories. You know, my story is I grew up in New York city and you know, people talk about hustle and grind and this and that. You know, I, I come from a middle-class family, you know, I went to school with these just uber wealthy kids. And I think right off the bat, I had this warped sense of who I was and what I wanted in my life. And I went off to school and I, you know, I had this really fabulous, uh, on paper, this amazing career in advertising when I graduated, but I was so miserable and soulless in this advertising world. And, um, you know, one day, and I talk about this in the book, and this was the, the moment that really changed my life, is that I realized uh, when I was walking out of my office, just delusional, not paying attention on a Friday afternoon, rush hour, 8 million people, I get knocked in my shoulder, I spun around, I literally fractured my nose in two places, people are walking over me on the, side, on the sidewalk on Madison Avenue in the 40s, and this woman comes up to me and she's just like, are you okay? And normally in like good natured New York behavior, I would have said like, you know, fuck you, get away from me. Don't talk, you know, like don't talk yeah. to me. And she, she was like, no, let me help you. And I was just like, sure. And she picks me up and I've got blood gushing everywhere. And we have this amazing conversation and she turns out to be an executive coach. And literally that one conversation changed my entire trajectory and my entire life. And, you know, if you think about the odds of running into one person out of 8 million, let alone that person may have something that you're uh, want or you're open to having. It, it just seemed like it was meant to be. Now, the story that I, I, the story within the story that really is important to me is that there was something in me that allowed myself to be open to the possibility of something happening. And, and to me, that's uh, something I talk about in my book all the time and in life in general. You've got to be open to the possibility of what you talk about. You can't just talk about it. We're all good at talking about things. You got to be open to the possibility. And I don't mean, you know, making vision boards and putting it under your bed and waking up in the morning and hoping that, you know, reading the secret is going to like magically change your life because it's not. It's doing the work. But I mean, really manifesting and believing that you're worth it, that you can work for it and that the possibility is present. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the, I know you asked me about myself, but I just kind of got right into it because it just it's so much a part of who I am. Well, of course. And I got to ask, I mean, yeah. you're a man that's in shape. I mean, able to take care of yourself. How in the world, when you get spun around on the shoulder, do you end up falling flat on your face? Like that your nose hits the concrete versus yeah. you're racing your fall. How does that actually ah, happen? That's a good question. You're not, you're actually the second person that's asked me that. So if you've ever walked 
through, um, you know, a rush hour in, in New York City, um, it is literally like just a ping pong ball. I mean, you were literally going back and forth, back and forth. And what happened for me was I just got spun around so many times. And quite honestly, I was leaving work. It was a Friday afternoon. I, I, I tell you, I was at a really low point in my life. I don't think I knew it then. I knew it now. I was probably depressed. Um, I was, I was definitely miserable. I mean, I was just like, I was just not a happy person to be around. Um, and you know, the people that were around me would either enable that or they would tell me that and I would ignore it. And it was a low point. I mean, it really was a low point in my life. And I think there was just something inside of me that just gave in and gave up at that moment when I got knocked, I think I just wanted to get knocked. You know, I want yeah. literally get knocked down, you know, get knocked down seven times to get up. So, right. Yeah. That's crazy. And how many years ago was that, you know, a cataclysmic event? When did that occur versus where we sit today? Uh, well, that was, I'm just thinking the math, that was around 1990, God, it must have been around 98 or 99. So it's been okay. a while. Yeah. yeah. We're going on a good period of time now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have the bump in my nose every day. I look at it, it reminds me, right. you know? So, um, yeah, but I, I still keep in touch with, with, uh, with the woman who I met that day and I still have, and you know, when we met the next day, um, I said, look, you got to tell me how, how do you have what, whatever it is you've got, I want it. How do I get that? And, um, she basically is like, here's my resume for all intents and purposes. And, um, I was sitting in a Starbucks with her in a coffee shop and I was just writing all this stuff down on napkins. And it was like four or five, it's actually five napkins. And I, uh, a couple of years later, I have those napkins in my office framed on a wall. And it reminds me every day when I look at it, there's my path. That's the journey right there. Yeah. And how wonderful that that's just such a, a, a crazy story. I mean, it's not really crazy. I mean, you and I think the same way. Like we yeah. believe in things inherently where you were searching for something at the core basis of your soul. And the, because you thought about it so much, no, you needed it. The universe yeah. eventually provided it for you because you're open to receiving it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's what I talk about. You got to be open to the possibility of what's possible. Just think about it. Open to the possibility of what's possible. For some people, that thought is just too much for them to wrap their heads around. And, and that inherently lies a lot of the challenges when people are like, oh, I want to be in shape or I want to be in love or I want to be a millionaire or a billionaire or I want to start a business. They're, they can talk about it at a surf, surface level, but then when they actually start getting into it, the possibility of what's possible is so big. Like some people can't be with that much greatness or that much love or that much joy or that much money or that much happiness. And you see it all the day, all the time, because then they get it and they blow it away or they wind up in jail because they don't know what to do or so on and so forth. So yeah, it is a manifestation. And I think subconsciously it was just tapping in. I was at a point in my life, I was so low. I couldn't keep up the act anymore. I couldn't pretend that this job was really great. When in reality, I just didn't like Friday would come, I would leave work and I was immediately thinking about, I don't want to go to work on Monday. Like how, how, how sick is that? Yeah, but how common is that too? I mean, Josh, yeah. yeah, you do a lot more than, than just write books. I mean, and, and we'll get into that here in just a moment, but yeah. this is such a common thread, even with you the, you, the listener, as you reach out to me of how unhappy and unsatisfied you are in your current position, how you know there's something greater for you. You don't know how to tap into it. You don't know how to access it. Like what, what's the tips? What's the tricks? It's something, I get that email. It's got to be at least 20 times a day of yeah. How do you just crack the code? Like you make it seem so easy. Well, I'll, I'll put it up to the professional. To me, it wasn't easy. It was just something inside me that said go. And I just kept going when it didn't make any sense. 
Yeah, it, it, I agree. I mean, I echo that 100%. It's not easy. And I tell people every day, because I get that message, that's probably one of the top three I get every day. I tell people, um, if you want something, like really want something, um, go off and, and go think about it. Go write it down on paper. Don't start trolling Instagram and Facebook and looking at the people that you admire. Don't start there. That's not the place you want to start because that's, that's their vision or their vision of the vision. That's not yours. You really got to think about what it is that you want. You know, Simon Sinek talks about the why and, and, and in, in the context of corporate business. But I think there's something really important inherently thinking about why, what's in it for you? Like selfishly, like why do you, and why do you want this? Because a lot of times we don't actually ask ourselves why we want something. So what happens is we just go off and then as soon as we hit one bump in the road, we're like, oh, fuck this. I can't do this. I'm not made for it. My mom was right. My coach was right. My high school was right. My ex-girlfriend, my wife. And, you, and that's the thing is our brains will collect the evidence to support whatever thought we have. Think about it, right? So if you think you're great, go find out things that you're great at. I talk about it in my book. It's like, if you want confidence, go do something you know you're great at. It will mm-hmm. chemically create that sense of confidence in your brain. It's not rocket science, but it takes work. And that's the number one thing I tell people all the time. It's like anything is possible. It really is. You have to make, you have to make a commitment. You've got to do the work. If you're going to pay somebody to do the work for you, then don't expect the benefits of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Josh, you're touching on some, some great things out of your book and I'll make sure that I, I bring it up. Like I picked up your book on Amazon. Like uh, yeah. I don't, affiliate link for it, nor would I even want one or ask for one. But I went to Amazon and typed in, you know, I call bullshit and there it pops up and I order and I have prime and it's in my house in like two days. But you have, if I recall, you have a different way to digest your content coming out, right? I do. I have uh, so I have an audio book coming out. It's actually out now. And um, so I'm, I'm proud of this for, for, for one very specific reason is that um, I, I, it's my voice. So if you don't like my voice, then there you go. But hopefully you will. And the reason is, is that my publisher kept saying, oh, we can get somebody in the studio. We can bang this out for you. And like, you know, uh, whatever it is, a couple, couple of days, this, that, other thing. I said, I can't do it. And they were like, why not? We could get this out real quick. I said, no, it's got to be me. It's got to be my voice, my heart, my spirit, my soul. This is my book. These are my words. It's based on my life. And I can't, I could not listen to someone else doing it. So I went into the studio I stood in one place for four hours and 22 minutes and I wrote, I read the whole book in a studio and got it done. Uh, so, wow. and, and, um, I am, I've never been more proud and this is a true, true story uh, of all the public speaking and things that I do in courses. stuff. I never listened to myself, never in all Thanks the years. Yeah. I've never, and, and I actually listened to the book. Uh, I listened to myself. I listened to the whole book. It's the first time I've ever listened to myself speak. So, so what, uh, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. If someone's listening right now, Josh, where, yeah. where can they go consume the book? Where is it available? It's uh, Amazon audible. Uh, that's where you can find it. So you can go to amazon.com and, and as well as audible and you'll see it right there. So super excited. And by the way, if you, uh, for the next five days, you download the uh, audio book, you can actually get the uh, ebook and the Kindle book for free for the next five days. So super excited about that for, for all the listeners out there. And that's, that's, that's such an incredible thing. And again, I, I still enjoy, it's this weird thing with me. I like holding the book in my hand and hearing my yeah. own read the book. I know there's so many people though that send me screenshots of, of audible and that's just the way they consume it. Cause they can speed up the, the tempo and consume more content. So I, I commend you for taking that time. I mean, that can't be easy to sit there and read your own words 
and then have to hear your own voice back through. I mean, that's such a unique process. It's, it's so surreal. I can't even tell you, but you know what, when I, I polled a bunch of people in my life who know me really well and I said, listen, um, what do you think I should do? Should I get a professional to do it? Um, or should I do it? And everybody said who had read my book, absolutely you do it. Because when I read your book and they know me, it's like, you're in my head already. So why yeah. not just have your voice? I was like, done, sold. When, sign me up. Do I do it? Right? There you go. Yeah. And I, I love that. I mean, I think there's, I prefer in the handful of audiobooks that I've digested or tried to, their road trips, things like that. I, I was a serial driver. Like I would drive from New York City and back, like just weird stuff when I owned my custom clothing company yeah. where, you know, listening to somebody's voice that actually wrote the book had more impact. It was like they actually cared versus some mystical force that was hired obviously to come in and sit down and read their book for them. It just felt very disingenuous to me. Like, you mean you couldn't take the two, three, four, seven hours to read the book yourself? Like, I think it's, my gut tells me it's just the right play. And I'm sure you, the listener will incredibly, it's just such an impactful book. Like, I don't want to beat a drum because you're in front of me, but it is like, it's on my bookshelf in the front because it's something I can always refer back to. It's just a great, great read. And it'll be a great listen. I, I really appreciate it. I mean, I put, um, I was asked to write a book over the last six years. I was approached different times. And quite honestly, uh, every time they said, write a book on coaching or leadership or productivity. And I said, and I literally said to the different publishers, have you seen how many books are in that category? There's nothing new that I'm going to put out there that anybody is going to really want to read. I'm not interested in writing that. It's not authentic. It would feel like bullshit. That's exactly what I said. And that's actually how the title started to come about. And, um, and then I got to a point where I think it was, I was reading, um, I think it was one of Gary Vaynerchuk's books. And I was just like, he said some really great stuff, but I was like, you know, this is stuff that I already know. Why am I reading this book? And then I thought, why don't I just take the, the, the principles that I know work after 20 years of working with celebrities and coaches and, and, and actors and professionals and CEOs, I know this stuff. I don't necessarily need to read other books all the time. So I said, I'm going to write my own book, but I'm going to do it in a way where first and foremost, it's not just high on theory and low on application. I want to write a book that will get to the core and give you places to ask questions and look and, and apply because a lot of these books don't do that. The second thing is, I firmly believe, Ryan, and I think you know this, um, it starts by asking yourself some really powerful questions. Every day, every morning, every night, you got to check in on the conversation that's, that's going on in your head of that internal dialogue. And, uh, and that's why I put over 200 of these types of questions that I use on myself and with my clients in the book because they work. So, and hopefully they'll work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I hate to interrupt you, but it just, it just yeah. thoughts keep coming in. So you keep touching base on the fact of obviously you're an author and I heard you touch base on some public speaking. So what else do you offer? I mean, you're an incredible guy. You offer a lot of value to the marketplace, but what are some other things that you offer the world? Like where do people find you? How, how do you, if I'm, if I'm listening right now, how do I get to you? Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways. You can go to my website, um, you know, www.joshmiddleinitialhmiller.com. A lot of people leave out the middle initial H and you're going to go get some guy that lives somewhere that's not me. And you'll figure that out pretty quickly. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter, Coach JHM, and then Instagram at Coach Josh Miller. Um, and then, like I said, the book is, is on uh, Amazon. And then I also have an exciting offer for your listeners if I could share that with you. Oh, sure. I, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so to your listenership, um, I'm so committed to supporting people and their lives and, and having them kind of rid themselves of the bullshit that um, I want to offer up to 10 of your listeners 
a complimentary uh, one-on-one coaching call with me where we will dive into an area of their life where they are not fulfilled or not satisfied or not happy. And my commitment is we will work together for about 30 to 40 minutes and really hammer that out and get you going with an action plan and and a new positive mindset. Man, I I mean, thank you. I'll say thank you on behalf of all you. (laughs) I don't know. Obviously, you charge for your services. You're you're a hell of a guy. You're not Mother Teresa. You know, you're not you're not UNICEF. You're in this to make some money for yourself. And the fact of you giving up your time, the one resource that you can't make more of, man, I just I can't say thank you enough. That's so impactful. And I I hope ten of you are already right now, like going to Josh H. Miller and and sending that email and saying like I heard it on Fifteen Minutes to Freedom. <laughs> I want it because if you're not, you're doing yourself a horrible disservice. Like the value from this man is way above the fact that he's doing this commentary for 40 minutes. Like I can't, I can't begin to thank you enough. Well, it's my pleasure. And you know, I, I, in my coaching practice, Ryan, um, I always reserve two uh, slots for clients that it's just pro bono. So I am always for the last 20 years, I have always had at least two clients that I just pro bono. Because I, 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 I recognize there's so many people out there that could actually benefit from working with a coach that can't afford it. So why should they not have that opportunity? Yeah, man, that, that, what, a, what a great mindset to have going into to that sort of business. And again, with 20 years of run rate, it sounds like right now. I mean, how long have you been in the coaching space for? This is the 20th year right now. 20 years. was my 20th year of my own practice right now. And how many, I mean, I'm sure you probably know an exact number, but roughly how many people have you coached? I mean, how many graduates? Oh. You will. How many lives have you changed? I've, I've, I've stopped counting after probably around 450 or more easily. Um, I mean, and that's not all the people when I go into a corporation or do a workshop or do a keynote and I get these notes and these messages and people after and said, Hey, that thing you did, or that quote you posted, or that message or that comment that changed my life. Those are the messages you know, I have, I have two folders in my inbox. You know, I keep the messages from the people that um, have said, hey, wow, you really inspired me, right? Because that warms my heart. It keeps me going. And then I have a whole folder of people that tell me that I'm a fraud, uh, that my book sucks, and um, that I sh- I'm a disgrace to coaching. And I look at those every day as well because that's my fuel, right? And, yeah. and the other one's my fire, right? The fire is the heat, the warmth, the love. The other one's the fuel. It motivates me. Um, there's always going to be people out there that think they're better than you, or hate on you, and you have two choices, right? You can either give in and collect the evidence to support narrative, or you can use it to fuel and motivate you to continue on your path. So, yeah, and that's Lindsay and I just had an episode not too long ago about that that we call the force of average. So there's this, yep. you know, the collective society wants to keep the norm stable. So those people, what I found is the ones that are quote unquote haters or people that don't like that that they're uncomfortable with you ascending to new places, new, new opportunities, and you're obviously making a massive impact in the world. And that makes them uncomfortable. And all they want everybody to do is be back at that average so that they just kind of blend in. Totally. It's, I agree a hundred percent. I think the other thing is when people dislike you or they're uncomfortable around you, it's because you embody something they can't be within themselves. Think about it. When somebody walks into a room and you're immediately like, I can't stand that person. They better get out of here. You don't even know who they are, right? And you're just like, I can't get rid of them. It's because energetically they have, let's say, confidence, right? Or they're wearing something that you wish you owned or you wish you liked. Or, and so that's the way our brains work. And so a lot of times we're just, you know, we're just reacting, right? Like, I don't like this person. Why? Because 
they are confident and I'm not confident. And that's like where a lot of the, you know, the, the hating comes from. And, and I agree. And they would much rather have you come to their world of average, right? The norm so that we can all just enable each other. Yeah. Not it. Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, certainly not. A- absolutely not. And, and Josh, a part of this show, and I, I know you know that we've had conversations and I, I love the fact, I mean, it feels so humbling that you take time to comment on it feels like a post or two of mine a week on Instagram is, is <laughs> that sounds right now. When I see you pop up of like, this is the most impactful post you've written. I'm like, geez, I was just literally spitballing from the heart with whatever came out. And, and then it's, it's making this impact on somebody that I have massive respect for. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But, it, yeah, please. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, Josh. I was going to say it's, it's the truth. I mean, I mentioned this to you before we jumped on the air. In my business, my job is predicated on listening to people and, and it's probably less training, nine, you know, 10% training and 90% intuition. And um, I've learned a lot about myself in order to be with, like literally show up and be with people. And um, you are one of the true, the true, true people uh, that I respect uh, in, in life, but you know, as I'm getting to know you, but also just online, like what you put is who you are. And, you know, I hope the listeners really recognize that, you know, your show is successful for a reason because it's just an extension of who you are. You're not trying to be anybody else but yourself. And so, you know, hats off to you for doing that because it's inspiring to me as well. I I appreciate that. And that's just one of those lessons. And again, this show to me is always about some sort of lesson. And I, I gather and gleam a lesson from something every day. And to me, it just, it's, it's touching my heart right now just to be yourself, like who you are is okay. And sharing yeah. that, okay, the world needs more of that. Like you're a divine creature that's destined for greatness, whether you accept it or not, like it's there inside of you. If you just own it and start to cultivate it and let it out and get a coach like Josh, get somebody to help you along the path. I mean, call it what it is. It's, it's a tumultuous water. But if you just do that for long enough, good things happen. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stick with it though. Yes. That, that's, yes you know, one of my first episodes, one of the ones that gets the mo- still the most comments today is outlasting the suck where there's just part of every journey that just sucks where you don't want to yeah. quit or you don't want to keep going. You want to turn back. You're like, it's easier to go home. And those that are successful fight through that suck and outlast it. They, like they get to that next level and there's a new level of suck that comes, but you just outlast that a first one and you get that momentum going. And it always seems easier after that. Yeah, it's true. I like that. I and mean, I remember listening to that actually it's outlast the suck. But I think what you just said is so critical to listeners is that once you get past the suck, be prepared for the next suck. Right. Uh, you know, I, I equate a lot of things. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm thinking about a second book already. And I equate wow. a lot of the things that I've learned in life to watching as a parent, watching my kids grow up. And one of the things I remember when I had my first child, uh, my brother who had two twin girls ahead of me by a couple of months, he said, I was exhausted. He goes, look, Josh, let me tell you something. As soon as you get to the breaking point, like your kid is doing something you just can't handle anymore. It'll stop, celebrate, enjoy and then get ready because something else is going to start for another six weeks or six months. And it just stuck with me because it's so true. It's so cyclical of life, right? We work so hard to get somewhere and then we're not happy or on to the next thing. And, you know, it's, it truly is the journey. Embrace the journey. That's, that's just, it's so critical to be happy. Could not agree more. And that, that's the perfect segue, Josh, into what these yeah. episodes are really about is, is that impactful lesson that, that you've learned and obviously you've shared a bunch already, but if I were to ask you right now, speaking from your heart, what's, 
What's that story you could tell about your life? The thing that you're obviously not most proud of, but has been the most impactful and the lessons you've learned from it. And would you mind sharing something that's, you know, one of those called yeah. deep dark secrets, the thing that you're just, you need to get out. You know, there's actually two, but I, I, if I don't have time for two, I'll just do one. So and you um, time to, I'm going to stop you up front. You have, you have the distinct pleasure of sharing two miserable things with the audience. Oh, I've got a lot. Um, you know, I'll start off with one. This was, this was such a pivotal shift in my life. Um, my grandmother's no longer alive. She was 93 years old. We're sitting in this diner in on 23rd street, eighth Avenue in Chelsea. And, um, I'll never forget this. And she goes to me, she goes, you know, how are you? And I was a teenager at that time, 18 or something. And I was like, uh, I'm tired. And she just drops her fork on the plate. It was so loud. I remember that she looks at me and she goes, why are you always tired? I was like, what are you talking about? Relax, grandma. She goes, why are you always tired? I'm like, I'm not always tired. She goes, I've known you for so long. Don't call me a liar. You always say you're tired. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, never thought about it. And she goes, well, tell me, cause I'm not eating and we're not leaving until you tell me why you're always tired. Are you not sleeping? I go, no, I slept like 10 hours last night. And she's like, then why are you tired? And I was like, I don't know. She goes, I will not accept that answer. And this was like coaching. Right. And uh, I was like, thought about it. And I go, and this really true story came to me. I said, I guess when I tell people I'm tired, I get to manipulate people in a very strategic, passive aggressive way. So think about this. If you tell somebody you're tired, what are you gonna get from them? You're gonna get empathy, sympathy. Oh, okay, Josh, that's okay. You know, go rest up or uh, what do you need? Or, um, you know, I'll leave you alone. And what I noticed is that my, a large part of my life, I was telling people I was tired because I really just wasn't, I didn't wanna be around people. And it wasn't depressed necessarily, it was just some sort of mechanism. I didn't have like, you know, Asperger's or social anxiety. I just was maybe an introvert, but I had created this mechanism called I'm tired. And it was so rooted in my life and it pushed so many people away from me. And this all was uncovered through a conversation at a coffee shop with my 93 year old grandmother. That is, that was, that was a low point for me. Cause I, I got to tell you, I didn't take a cab or a bus or a subway home from 23rd to 80th street. I walked. I remember that day. It was a hot ass day in August and I walked all the way home just kind of crying, thinking about how deep this ran in my life and how many people and how many opportunities and how much love have I pushed away because I was being selfish and scared and saying that I was tired. So that's number one. <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's deep. I mean, and to learn such an impactful lesson at 18 and have a grandmother that's in tune enough with you to bust your balls and call you out on it. I oh, mean, yeah. That was huge. And let me tell you something. I don't ever say I'm tired anymore. I have not said I'm tired in a long time. I say I'm exhausted, but I'm not tired. Uh, another one, this is really big, is uh, in 2007, I created the first life coaching app for the iPhone ever. I had this idea um, that was very simple. I said, uh, not everyone can afford coaching. So how do I bring coaching to the masses? Well, at the time, it was all about the iPhone. So I said, okay, what if I took the essence of these dummies books and I drilled down and distilled what coaching is into uh, a basic four-step process. And I did that. I designed it, coded it, I put it all together. I packaged it. I put it on the iPhone uh, app store and it became a huge success. Number one downloaded iPhone app and the first one ever. And I had this great product. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I started surrounding myself with people that said, you need to go raise money. You've got a business here. Really, all I had was a proof of concept of a product. 
But we built out this whole executive summary and this big business plan. I had this big vision. I was an entrepreneur at heart, ready to go. And I remember the calls on the phone to these investors. They wanted to give me $1.4 million. And uh, the short version is they said no. The long version is um, I surrounded myself with some really horrible people that gave me some really bad advice. And I trusted these people. And I thought they had my back. And I not only didn't get the money, but these people wound up taking my idea and making it bigger and better and, uh, and made a lot of money off of it. And it was a real low point for me because I was feeling like I was on cloud nine. I had just come off creating the first app ever for the iPhone, for the look, for coaching. And then I recognized that I made some bad judgments in the people that I surrounded myself with. And the lesson I learned is, you know, um, really make sure the people, and I love this quote, I say it all the time, make sure that the, you know, the people in your circle are also in your corner. It's really, really important. Because yeah. if you surround yourself with people whose interests are not aligned with yours, then don't expect that the outcome is going to be anything different than what they want versus what you want. Um, and that, that, that stung. I, I mean, it really sucked, Ryan, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Is that, is that company still in business? I mean, I know a couple of other entrepreneurs that I've written uh, their, read their books and they have comparable things with comparable stories. So I'm just trying to quietly put together <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing. I'm not going to reveal names. I'll tell you this though, you know, um, coaching on the apps is, is I don't think anyone's really solved it to be quite honest with you. I think virtual AI and all that stuff, we could talk about that at length another time. But, um, the real key lesson here is that if you're an entrepreneur or in life, if you have a goal, you want to start a lemonade stand, whatever it is, make sure you do your diligence, take the time and ask yourself, is this the person I want next to me? Is that the person I want next to me? Because if you have any doubt whatsoever, check in with them. And if you still have doubt, then probably not. And guess what? If you find that you've got no one next to you to do it, then go do it yourself and learn a lesson. Because that's the only way you're going to live life. Yeah, man. I mean, this is just the lessons here. I mean, I, I normally tie everything into your, you know, your relationship and your body. And sure, that's easy. Like with you saying that you're tired and, and your grandmother, you know, teeing you up on that and saying, not really. I mean, that's a self-defeating story that you've told for selfish reasons that you were forced to analyze. So it's very easy to, in your life as a listener, where else are you doing that? I mean, you're doing it inside your business that you're, you have this self-defeating personality that you can't get this raise or you can't, you don't enjoy your job. And that's an easy parallel. Same thing in your body. You know, are, are you really lying to yourself and creating this path in this story that, you know, you can't have the body you want because of either bad genetics or, or not enough money to eat well or all the different bullshit stories we can tell ourselves. Maybe yeah. it's in the, the relationship side of things that you came from an abusive household or you grew up around divorce or poverty and you just don't truly believe that you deserve to have that positive, happy, healthy relationship. I mean, these are, these are easy lessons to garnish and, and gain from this, but Man, I think that's just the, the tip of the iceberg for all the things that you have inside of you that are just a lot bigger than the simple way we, we tighten up these, these, these podcasts together. Like this is, this is some great stuff and the, you know, auditing that circle. It's so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty in my own right. I had a, a, a business partner first part of this year that I had invested six figures into what I thought was going to be revolutionary marketing, artificial intelligence from Caltech and JPL had yeah. access in. And come to find out the way that I invested into it was through a woman that didn't actually have any voting rights in the business. So I had sent her money to an account that I thought was hers or what thought was a business account that ended up being her account. It wasn't the yeah. business. 
And so it's this whole fight to get the money back. And it's, you know, she's having me out to her house and there's all these things that, you know, I think I've, I've met, you know, my next great mentor, my next great business partner. And I never took the time to peel back the layers of the onion enough to really dive into who am I associating with and why do I feel like I need to associate with them? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't no, get it, buddy. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, you know, when I work with corporations, uh, anyone, any of your listeners that work at organizations know about the, the terminology of a postmortem, right? After you do some sort of exercise or workshop or whatever it is, you do a postmortem, you sit down and you're like, Oh, what worked? What didn't, you know, you do an analysis of it. And, um, I, I use that same kind of framework just with my clients in life. Like I ask them like, Hey, so that didn't work out. Why? let's take as much time as we need and walk away with at least one lesson. What's one nugget of information? Because if you do not walk away having learned one thing to make you better, you are literally doomed to repeat this again. And that's why when people, uh, when I'm talking to people and they're like, yeah, I want to be in a new relationship. I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. And we start peeling back the layers as you mentioned. And they're like, yeah, I don't know why I can't be in, you know, I can't find the love of my life. You know, I've, I've, I've moved from this state to this state or, or if I can't find the right job and it's this boss and this boss and I move from here to here because what we do is we just do the, the lily pad effect, right? We just jump from one pad to the next. We're not taking the time to actually ask ourselves, what is the common denominator here? Because the answer we all know is ourselves, right? We are the yep. same person that jumps from job and relationship and house and this and that. And because we never stop to actually ask ourselves, A, what are we going to learn and what are we running from? And, and this is the stuff that you, when I read your posts on Instagram, uh, the reason I find them so insightful is because you take, it, take us on this narrative arc. Uh, and it's really fascinating to me. You talk about yourself in a way that's not self-deprecating, that's very vulnerable and transparent. And then you tie it back into the listener, to the reader, and then like leave us with like something to think about. And I think it's really, really important because in my book, it's the way I think and it's the way I kind of write it. And I think anybody who's really looking to learn and develop and better themselves could learn a lot from um, just reading your posts. So. Man, I, I appreciate that. And it's, it's crazy to talk about the lily pad effect and, and how all those things work. I have this theory that I've been vetting out as I've had more listeners, you know, more of you guys reach out to me. And that's during those cognitive formative years of four to 12 to 14, we establish these thought processes and ultimately some sort of limiting behavior or what we accept as a social norm that until we make some mistakes into our 20s and hopefully early 20s and then can recalibrate and realize why those mistakes were made and then go back and really heal that child that had the trauma and the things even if the trauma wasn't anything big you could have been in a perfect family with mother and father that were married that you, you didn't upper middle class you know new car in the driveway every two years there was one yeah. time that your mom was cooking dinner and she yelled at you and that seared your subconscious like that you're just afraid now of women yelling at you and it only happened once in your life but it, it stuck yeah. to you and so oh, yeah, back to that point, unwind that ball of yarn and start to fix that and just heal that and understand that that's okay. And that happened for its reason. I was doomed. I, I lived my entire twenties that way, just repeating the same things over and over again with the cheating and the lying and the manipulating. And it was just, that was who I was. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, that's the, that's the narrative, right? And so, you know, we stick our hand in the cookie jar and you know, somebody smacks it and says, no, you can't have that. And we walk away thinking I can't eat it because I'm overweight right? And this yeah. is at a young age. And then for the rest of your life, you start creating this complex around your weight or that you're a bad person before that your intention is to steal something. And it's, it's really diabolically sick and it's perplexed, but it's, it's the, it's psychologically how we're hardwired. 
And so some of us dismantled this, right? And at our 20s or 30s or 90s, and some of us never do. And, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, coaching is not therapeutic. It's therapeutic in nature, but it's not therapy. We're not going back to manage and cope. We only look back to how things may impact your action right now to move you forward. But therapy, even cognitive therapy and more progressive therapy, therapy is about managing and coping. Right? It's about digging, like you said, like peeling back the layers and unrolling the yarn, the ball yarn, so you can understand like, oh, that's what really happened. Not the creation of the story and the narrative and the evidence that I've collected for the last 20 years that, about what I've said. And when you realize that, you're like, holy shit, think of all the decisions I've made based on that one incident. It's crazy. Yeah, and, and this, this could take us on a whole episode 2.0 uh, with quantum <laughs> physics and metaphysics and the way that we view the world and our perception yeah. versus reality and this, this whole duality that I believe exists based off of you know, some sort of level of cognitive dissonance that just happens because we go through the same repetitive traits over and over again. So you get numb to the external forces that are really pushed upon you. And I heard you say it as we started this interview, essentially some form of being present, being here now, being in the moment and being just at peace with everything that's going around you has opened up this whole other journey for me of being able to, it sounds cliche, but see brighter colors and hear better sounds, like really understand that the reality that I'm creating is truly the one that I'm creating in this moment. I don't care if I've been here before or not. Yeah. I get to create today, right now, not you, not the listener, me for myself yeah. and my perception. That's so powerful. Yeah, but it, it, it's so for, so, you know, I don't know where your listeners are in this conversation. They could either be right there with us or they could have checked out because it's deep, right? I yeah. mean, it's, it's, you are, it's, it's designing your life. That's what I call it. You are designing your life in the moment. Food tastes better, right? Um, relationships, but, you know, people talk about mindfulness and mindfulness training and, 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 and they throw the word around haphazardly many times. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's about being mindful, right? That's what it is. Being intentional, be mindful and be present. But I've been working on presence for 20 years and I still struggle with it. And that's predicated on what I do for a living. So I'll be the first to tell you that, you know, you find someone who's like, oh, I'm a master at mindfulness or being, you know, at being present. I would, I would be a little skeptical of that. This is a everyday in and out journey where you recommit. It's like your integrity. You can be in integrity one second and then be out of it and put it right back in. And being present is the same way. We are forced by all the outside circumstances and technology to, to get us out of our presence, right? So that's why, you know, detaching from technology. Go really connect, not head to head, but heart to heart. One of the things I work on with uh, leaders and uh, companies and stuff is that when you're talking to people, don't like be conscious and cognizant of your body language and your posture. And most importantly, have your chest and your heart open and facing the person you're talking to because it actually has an impact on them. Obviously make eye contact, of course, but make sure that your chest is open. And when you, you know, for listeners out there, the next time you're talking to somebody, Check in on the person, on yourself, but look at the person. Are their arms closed up? What's their body language telling you? Because that'll tell you how present they are. They could be very present and feeling insecure or scared, or they could be very open. You know, technically, if our arms are open and our chest is out, it's a sign of confidence, but it's also a sign of invitation and openness. I mean, again, we could talk about this forever, but I, I'm fascinated by this, the way people are and what we do while we do it. Yeah, I, I, man, this is just, I love talking to you. I mean, I hope you, the listener, 
pick up on the fact that none of this is just like every other episode that I have. None of this is pre-canned. I mean, we had a, a quick conversation before hopping on the mic and recording the episode, but it's just kind of where we're going. And I, I call this stuff being in the process of progress. Like there is no final destination. Like you said, being mindful. I don't know yeah. that there's a day where you practice this. And after six years, like I've made it, I am just mindful. No, it, it, there is no, there, it, it, it literally, as cliche as it sounds, there is no destination. There's no destination that, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You may not get there. It's, you know, I've been working with a coach for 19 and a half years, the same coach. So as a certified professional coach, you're mandated to have a coach like a therapist needs a therapist. I've been working on myself. I mean, you could ask my wife, you could ask my friends. I mean, I have, I've spent more hours crying, more hours I've been in therapy for, like really understanding who I am at my core so that I can strip that away and show up and be heart to heart and head to head with people and be present. And I'm telling you that I can be present with somebody or a group of a thousand people or more for a couple hours. And then when I come home, I struggle with being present. It's not yeah. simple. It's not like you just turn it on and off. Like it, it, you got to work at it. It's a muscle that also gets exhausted or you overuse it. It gets strained. So, but I believe that if you're not present, you're going to miss out on everything, everything. Completely agree. And you touch base on another something that just is, I'll say near and dear to my heart is coaching has become this fun buzzword. You know, you, you, um, you see people making money and like people can just become coaches and, and you touch base on something that, I have coaches that I've shared posts on this. I think, I mean, I've at any given point four or five different coaches of different parts of my life. But if you, as you're listening are considering going down the coaching path and whether it's Josh and what his methodology is or anybody else on the planet, if you can't talk to them and figure out who their coaches either currently are or have been in the past two months and maybe they're in between, if they don't have a direct immediate answer or run from that, I would say you should run from them. Like there's a disconnect there. Like you can't coach if you're not being coached. It doesn't work. It's not a, it, it is truly a consistent feedback loop in my opinion. Yeah. You, so, I mean, this is something that is so near and dear to my heart and, and for the listeners out there, if you're interested in working with a coach, um, you know, by all means, reach out to me and email me, not for my services, but for the information I will provide you so that you can make the best, most informed decision. And here's why. If you're the word, as Ryan said, the word coaching gets thrown around like, like, like weights, you know, like, like kettlebells, right? It did just get tossed all over the place. And the reality is this, if you want to go find a coach, whether you call it a life coach or personal coach, an executive coach in that world of your life, you have to make sure that that person is vetted and certified really do your homework and make sure that they went to a program that is some sort of accreditation and certification. And the reason being, this goes back to what Ryan said, is that if they are a legit coach, then they have the right uh, ethics, competencies, and morals in place, and they're going to help you versus somebody saying like, hey, you know what? Saturday, I decided I lost a bet. I'm now I'm a coach and I'm going to go out and I'm going to go tell all my friends because, hey, I worked in HR at a company for five months. It doesn't work that way. You're putting your life in someone else's hands. And, uh, and you should cherish your own life, you know, just the way you would. So yeah, please, please, please make sure you do your, your homework around that. It's really important. Yes. And I, I think that's just the, the perfect segue as we wrap up this episode and, and, and Josh, I couldn't be more appreciative for the offer that you made to the listeners that 10 of you that are, that are listening right now to reach out to, to joshhmiller.com. Go ahead and, and contact him. Tell him you heard the message on 15 Minutes to Freedom. For him to offer you a 40-minute coaching, coaching consultation about whatever part of your life you'd like to get more honed in, calibrate to a higher level. 
not only that, but also the fact of the book launch, you know, and the fact yeah. that you spent, you know, four and a half hours of your life reading your own book and then sharing that and that that's available right now. I mean, I can't imagine not picking up on that. I mean, shoot, this episode is almost one tenth of the book, you know, <laughs> which, which is, which is great. So for those of you that like to digest content that way, definitely go check out. I call bullshit on audible through Amazon or pick up the book. If you're like me and you like to hold it in your hand, Amazon has it. I'm sure your website has a link to Amazon as well. If someone wants it to go does. that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I just couldn't be more appreciative of the, the time and energy you spent with me today, Josh. It, it means the world to me. I sincerely appreciate you, all the value you add to the world and, and the value you've added to my life already. Well, it, it goes both ways, Ryan. Thank you for having me as a guest. But, um, you know, it, it, it literally works both ways. You know, I, I believe you pay it forward in life. And um, I get just as much out of this as you do. And I look forward to, uh, A, you know, reading your posts every day and, and going on the journey of your life. And uh, hopefully your listeners will take me up on that offer and uh, check out the audio book. And, um, and uh, yeah, I wish everybody the best. Yes. And so it, it wouldn't be a 15 minutes of freedom episode if I didn't wrap this up with reminding you that no matter what you do every day, if you put one foot in front of the other, attacking your goal, you're bound to end up getting shit done. Hey guys, Ryan here. Thanks for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume audio and subscribe to 15 Minutes to Freedom. If this brought you value, please do me a favor and drop me a five-star rating. Then share this podcast with someone who needs to hear it. For additional content, head over to ryannidell.com. That's R-Y-A-N-N-I-D-D-E-L dot com.